To all of you at the McKinney campus, I want to welcome you to Next Gen Weekend. I just want to say to you how excited I am about what's happening at our McKinney campus. Last weekend, we had water baptisms. We got to see and witness a story from your campus at the Keller campus and our Hazlitt campus. I was at the Keller campus. People were celebrating and cheering what God's doing at your campus. And so we're cheering you on and excited. And this weekend, I think it's such a critical weekend. It's not just a, another Sunday, a Labor Day. Maybe we could put next gen in the place of something to have something to do. For 20 years at the very heart of who we are as a church is that I didn't desire, and I know our team that planted Milestone Church and a growing group of people throughout the years. We didn't wanna be just a group of people who had a great moment for ourselves, looked up one day, we'd had some great services, built some buildings and done some church things, but we couldn't transfer our values to those coming behind us. If you might say it this way, I would always say, we don't wanna be a one hit wonder. We don't wanna just have a flash in the pan. That just wasn't appealing to me. So from day one, we began to decide, how do we transfer these values? And that's why our core value of spiritual family, this is a weekend where it's not tell you about a value, it's see the value. As you see the young people lead, sing, lead worship. As you hear from Pastor Chris there, as he shares with you about all the things happening at your campus, as we look to the future, of the young people that right now will be trained. You know, I'm at a place that's really interesting. You know, you look up one day and you're just at that place where I'm even serving with people within our team that came here as teenagers. And, I, and I'm watching, you know, children that I remember dedicating them and now they're part of serving in our church. And so we've seen this generational transfer. Spiritual families raise up sons and daughters just environments where we preach and sing and teach but don't have spiritual family. It's just a content transfer, but not a values transfer. I talk about it in It's Worth It 2.0 that we're going through this fall. There's a difference in aspirational values and actual values. You can't transfer something you don't possess. And so one of the things I'm so excited about is a weekend like this. In fact, it's one of my most referred weekends when people want to know a little bit more about what God's doing. I'll refer this weekend. Hey, don't let me tell you. Let me show you. Let me show you how the next generation is carrying the same values that God gave us years ago. It fires me up to this day. And here's what I want you to know at our McKinney campus. It's for your child. It's never too late for you to get your kid engaged in the things of the kingdom of God. Thank God for baseball, dance, music, and all the hobbies. My kids played them, I played sports. But now to this day, the greatest thing that my parents imparted to me and my local church imparted to me was not the ability to hit a ball, but to know the God of those who went before me. So we wanna see your child walk in everything God has for them. And that's why we do what we do intentionally. This weekend, you get to hear about it. We want you to know, I know what you're praying about. You're praying about your grandchildren, your children, and those coming behind you. And we love the opportunity to partner with you. So I want you to key in with Pastor Chris now as he talks about our McKinney campus and what God wants to do in the next generation. Well, good morning. Come on, give all those young people that led us this morning a big hand. 
excited. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm the campus pastor here at Mosto McKinney. And uh, if I hadn't had an opportunity to meet you, I look forward to meeting you after service. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. And uh, this is, it's a unique weekend. And I love it. Pastor Jeff uh, just kind of teed us up there and just kind of set the, the, set the table for us and, and the significance of this weekend, why it's so important, why it means so much, and, and why we have moments like this. This is not just a filler Sunday. This is really highlighting. This is, hey, let's show you this value that we live out every single day and that these young people really are displaying on a regular basis. And, you know, you think about it, you think about like yesterday, yesterday was uh, the kickoff to uh, college football. Big day. Lots of fans, I think, even in here. You see, yeah, y'all excited about that. Y'all are wearing your colors. I see, you know, I, I see some, I mean, it kind of hurt my eyes a little bit, some of the colors I see out there, just to be honest. Hook them horns. Okay, but, you know, it's like, you know, you, 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 get, you get fired up, you know. They were men that on a Saturday, unless they're getting up to Mother Yard, they, they ain't getting up super, super early, just dialed in. But all of a sudden, college game day's on. They're dialed in. They're ready to roll, you know, and it's like, let's go. And you get, you get excited about it, and people are fired up and last night I was at a gathering we were celebrating a guy the irony the it was humorous because he was he he was part of it with the guy we were celebrating there there about I don't know about 10 different men sitting right there there's about four different phones with about four different college football games going on all at this moment and you get real excited and you think about that you think about the passion what I loved up here is they sang that new song that the team just wrote they're passionate you're thinking jumping up and down. I'm like, I'd see you do that. I'd see you yell, throw stuff, probably even say stuff you shouldn't. Add a TV, you know, when things don't go your way for your college football team or your NFL team. But all of a sudden you get a group of young people. They're jumping up and down, yelling. They're excited. They're woo woo. You're thinking like, what's going on? Is there a fire alarm happening? What are they doing? I don't know. What? But they're fired up. They're passionate about a relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing about passion. Well, oftentimes it can be loud, but it's not always loud. Passion's not always loud, but I will tell you this, it's always obvious. And I want you to know for us at Milestone Church here at Milestone McKinney, we want you to know that it's going to be very obvious that we're passionate about the next generation. We're passionate about raising up young people. We're passionate about young people discovering how God wired and designed them even at an early age and walking in that. I love that up here, I mean, Allie, she's a college student. She was the oldest one up here. Now, our band, they were, they were seasoned. They were the, the older generation, you know what I mean? That's why we had the lights. You like, you can't, they couldn't cross over the threshold. You know, I'm just kidding. But all these young people that were singing and lead, they're leading us in worship. They're high schoolers, middle schoolers. You don't have to wait to be great. It, it, it really is walking in the fullness of who God's called you to be. But I'm telling you, we're so passionate about it, and it's so obvious because... We know the significance of what happens when a young person discovers who they are in Christ and walks in a growing relationship with Jesus. It's hard being a young person. It's not easy. You heard Liam. He's up here being transparent, sharing with you. Man, this is where I was at, and I'm trying to do it on my own, and I didn't. I mean, here he is, right? It's a high school student being transparent with you. Some of you, I'll just be honest, some of you men, you take a, take a little... No, from his, his little lesson there, right? Just be, let me be honest with where I'm at. And he's talking about the anxiety that he feels. Can I tell you that they, they did a study. They studied, the Mental Health Institute did a study, a survey of over 10,000 adolescents between the ages 13 and 18. 
The statistic was shocking. 31.9%, that's over one in four students, is diagnosed with some level of mental illness or mental anxiety stressor that they experience. So it's not just you as adults and all the pressures that you're feeling. Young people feel it as well. So why are we so passionate about it? Not just so they, young people know how to navigate the, the, the cultural complexities and the, the social complexities of how things uh, transpire in the world. Not so they know how to navigate all the things they experience on social media, but it's so they know who they are in Christ, so that they will know how to navigate it. But it's when they have a life-giving relationship with Him that's going to help them know how to do it. You know, I want today, it's going to be a little unique because I'm going to share with you, I'm going to give you some practical things on, on how does this translate? How do we steward the next generation? Personally, you may have children, you may have teenagers in your home. How do you do that personally? But how do we do that as a church? How do we partner and come alongside you to help you do that as a parent? The part and the role that you play. Because whether you're a parent or whether you're someone who serves in our student ministry or in Milestone Kids, you're making a difference and an impact in young people's lives. And so I want to sit down, and some of the things I'll share with you in just a minute, I, I, wanted, I want to approach it more like we're just having coffee. We're hanging out, we're having a conversation, and just dialoguing about how you can apply some things that's going to help you know how to steward one of the greatest gifts that God's entrusted to you. But I also wanted you to be able to hear from our team. The individuals that spend time and energy praying and leading and developing the next generation because sometimes you don't get to hear from them. Chris is in the back leading. Sarah's in the back leading with our preschool and kids. Or on a Wednesday night, you may not see what's happening here on a Wednesday night with Elevate. So I wanted you to be able to hear from those that are making an impact in the next generation and also recognize a little bit more about them. I think some of their story that you may not even fully know. So we sat down this past week and we had a conversation. We recorded that conversation, kind of a little interview style. And, and so I want to share that with you this morning as you hear from the team that's helping impact the next generation right here at Milestone McKinney. Let's watch this together. Okay, well, hey, good morning, gang. It's, uh, it's Next Gen Weekend, and it's a big weekend for us here at Milestone Church. Uh, we heard from Pastor Jeff earlier, just kind of as we kicked off the service, really just highlighting 20 years of focusing on the next generation, building the next generation. It's been uh, part of a key focus for us from the very beginning when we launched Milestone Church. And so I wanted to take time to talk to you three because you three play really a significant role. Uh, I think there's a couple things about y'all in a unique way that a lot of people may not realize when it comes to the next gen as well as the role you play at Milestone Church and at Milestone McKinney. And so you each play a role obviously impacting the next generation. Alex overseeing our student ministry with Elevate. Chris with Milestone Kids. Um, Katie, you lead us in worship on the weekend, but you also have spent a significant time over the last couple of years helping develop a worship team in Elevate. And so I, I want to be able to hear from y'all in the role that you play, but I also want to hear a little bit more of your story. I want to share with Milestone McKinney about your story. People may not realize, especially for uh, Chris and Katie, y'all been a part of Milestone for 16 years 
And uh, Katie, you specifically, you came and became a part of Milestone uh, as a college student. Uh, you came in as an intern. And so you've been a part of growing with us as a church family, um, but you've also grown. And um, how has, I think you have a unique perspective, how has being a part of Milestone and coming in as a young person, as a college student, how has being a part of Milestone impacted you personally? But then also share just a little bit about how that's also shaped how you lead and impact not just us as a church family, but even particularly the next generation. Well, yeah, like you said, I came in as an intern. And so at that time, I was actually in college at the same time. And so it was an interesting perspective because I remember in college, as being a part of the worship team, you would have to audition. And then as soon as you auditioned, you were on the platform and you were leading worship basically the next week. But I remember when I came to Milestone, and what's funny about Milestone at that time was it was about the same size as our campus is now, 16 years ago. And so I went into Milestone church met with Betsy who was the worship leader at the time is still the worship leader in Keller um, and she was looking for an intern at the same time that I needed an internship Um, but the conversation was very different it wasn't hey will you audition for me let me hear you sing it was let me hear about your life let me hear about um, your heart for people let me hear about what you feel called to in ministry and so that was just a very different experience for me coming from that performance mindset of like let me do something for you but actually she came saying I I don't want anything from you. I want something for you, which was very different than what I had experienced in other situations. And so I, that really impacted me and made me realize like, this is not just about what I do on a platform, but it's these people care about who I am and they care about the kind of person that I'm going to be. And at the time I was engaged, I was about to get married. And so that really impacted my decision to stay at Milestone after college, just realizing this is the way that I want to build. I don't just want to be on a platform, but I want to also be able to impact people the way that they've impacted me. And so that really kind of shaped the way that I even wanted to lead worship and lead teams and all of that. You even have a perspective that that we may not have is that you have a student in uh, Elevate. Talk about that and the impact and focus on the next generation as a mom. Yeah, that's a good question. It makes me think of that verse actually in Psalm 145, one generation commend your works to another. And I had always thought of that in the context of our family. Like we're gonna raise our kids to know about the good works of God, to know who he is. But it also applies to spiritual family and to church. And I'm seeing that played out that as we develop other leaders, those leaders are now impacting our students, they're impacting my kids. And then even Alex and Haley having such a profound impact on my kids, Chris and Sarah having such a profound impact on my kids, we're all in it together. You know, they're partnering with us to commend God's works to the next generation. Good, good, yeah. You know, Chris, you too, just like Katie, you know, you've been a part of the team for a long time. And uh, you came in as a young adult, a young person, and I think coming in, how has kind of a similar question, but, but really, you know, you played a significant role within kind of student ministries when you became a part of the team. How did that impact your life? You came, you were a part of Milestone, um, you got involved, you got plugged in. What was that like early on when you came as a young adult? Yeah, when I came in, it was, we were young. I mean, we were only a few years old uh, as a church. And yeah. so we had... We had a, I mean, we didn't even have a very large student ministry at the time, but we had a heart and desire to raise up a generation mm. 
that would come after us that could take the gospel and take what God's done in their life and go further than we could ever be. So we yeah. could be a catalyst to actually yeah. lead them and shoot them further than we are. And so just even that, just that was always our desire. That's always been our desire. Like mm-hmm. even in kids ministry now is that we're, we're, we, we truly believe our kids don't have to wait to be great. Yeah. Like that's not just a motto. It's not just something that sounds cool. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a very strong belief that we yeah. have that even at a young age, that our kids can start growing in their relationship with God, that yeah. they can encounter Jesus, that they can start serving and being part of yeah. God's kingdom yeah. as an elementary kid. Yeah. And so just these different students that are being raised up and yeah. it all came from the heart of, hey, we want to see this next generation be, go further than we are yeah. and that we would be a catalyst for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think what's so neat is even you talking about that is because you experienced it as a young adult, you came in, it really became a part of who you were. And, and I think that's the unique nature, I think for all of us, it's like you come in and, and when you begin to experience something and you see how it's impacting the next generation, you see the fruit right now. You, and that's the hard part. It's like family you see those things and it's continuing to plant and water those seeds and I think that's what's so so significant Chris speak to the fact that or the aspect of you know for you you did a lot in student ministry but now you're serving in kids but there's still a part of it for you that you're spending time raising up these student leaders why is that so important to you and, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit you know we want young people to know they don't have to wait to be great but what about that for you? Why is that so significant for you? Well, it starts first off just even thinking through my own family. Yeah. Like, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in church kids ministry. Mm. And so I didn't know anything about God. And I want my kids mm. to know God. Yeah. But I don't want them just to know God. I want them to live for God. Yeah. In the, all the spheres of what that looks like. Yeah. And so it really comes from that. that yeah. These, yes, they're not my kids, but they're God's kids. Yeah, yeah. And so God desires them to grow up in a relationship with him. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, I want them to yeah. know me and I want them to serve me. Yeah. And so that's where the, really the desire comes from. Yeah. The heart comes from is that that's God's heart for them. Yeah. That's his father's heart for each and every kid. I don't care if they're five. I don't care if they're babies. I don't care if they're just about to leave in their fifth grade mm-hmm. that God's heart as a father mm-hmm. is for every kid yeah. that comes into our atmosphere and yeah. into our environment to be able to be impacted yeah. and grow in him. Good, good. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think that's what's so uh, special is it hearing your heart for kids and, and hopefully parents that are hearing that. Like, it's not, we're not babysitting, right? We're not just entertaining. They're going to have fun. There's times where I'm preaching and I hear them. They're loud, you know, they're yelling and they're having a good time. But it's, you're instilling God's purpose in them, right? And what's neat is you see, again, generational impact. Alex, you know, for you uh, as a part of this team, you're newest to the team. You came in as a resident. You and I met, we had lunch, we talked about it, talked about you being a part of this campus. And so even the environment of Mostone Church, I mean, you had a heart for young people, you had a heart for the next generation. Generation, but coming into Milestone and and being exposed to our heart for the next generation, and then not only being exposed to it, but then now being a part of helping carry that vision, right? But how has being a part of the residency impacted you, and what was it like coming into this environment, being a part of it, learning, growing, and then 
causing you to go, this is where I want to be home? What, what was that like? Yeah, I think it's um, when you're coming into an environment, you don't really know what you're looking for, what you're looking to expect. Um, and for me, it was one of those things of, you know, at 23 years old, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I want a church that, you know, it's more than just a job. It's a church that my family goes. It's a church that my kids grow up in. And, you know, I grew up in a church for a long time and I was like, you know, the pastors and you know, the people, and it's just, it brings a different like environment when you feel comfortable in a place. And so that's all I knew coming in. Um, and so coming into milestone, you don't really know what you want until you experience it. And what that is, is for me, it was spiritual family. What does that look like? For me coming in at 23, it was like, I know what I'm called to do, but I don't know how to do it. Or I know how to do it as a 23 year old, just kind of whatever, just growing as I go. But something I remember in one of our meetings, you said, at my age, I want you to be a better pastor, a better husband and a better father than I am. And I think that alone, like, that spiritual family. It's, I want more for you. I want to help build you up and lead you not so you can be like, look what I did. Look how I helped. But like, I care about you. I care about your family and I care about the legacy you're going to leave behind. And so, um, I think for me, just experiencing that as a 23 year old, um, that kind of plays into like, this isn't just a residency because this isn't somewhere I want to leave. Like this isn't something that I want to go and not experience because it, it is more than just me. That was the decision that I made of, you know, this isn't something I just want to experience for a year and not that other churches aren't great, not that you can't experience anywhere else. But what I experienced in that year was like, okay, God placed me here because he knew what I needed. Mm -hmm. Not, not me at 23 being like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need, yeah. but God was like, I do. And placing me in a place that it's, um, we say it all the time, it's raising up sons and daughters. It's not just raising up someone to yeah. be your next youth pastor for a little bit. Yeah. It's like, this is what I'm called to. This is what I'm going to focus on. And so I think that plays into just every day, you know, for these students, whether it's, you know, kids ministry or whether it's Elevate, just waking up and being like, I want people to experience what I experienced. I want people to come into a place and, you know, experience spiritual family and relationships that don't just last until you graduate high school, but last a lifetime. Like people in your weddings, people who you call on a bad day. And so I think like when I think of Elevate and I think of Milestone, spiritual family is really what people's looking for or what people are looking for. And that's relationships that last a long time, that last a lifetime. And so I think for these students, you know, as they go to camps, as they go to retreats, as they go to these things, they experience the Holy Spirit, they experience the messages and the environment, but they experience spiritual family and they experience, you know, walking through these life-changing and heart-changing moments with kids their own age. And they look at them and it's like, well, I'm not the only one experiencing this. I'm not the only one going through this. Or going through this. And when they see that in somebody else's life or the, the peer beside them that maybe they don't talk to a lot, yeah. God begins to do something in their hearts yeah. and in those relationships. And so I really think just, you know, the impact of this weekend is it's not a show. It's not, you know, we put on the show for them just to do this awesome thing. But all these students, they're doing it every week. Yeah. They're in the back. They're serving. They're helping the next generation. You always say, like, you know, I can teach second grade because I was in third grade. I'm a step ahead. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. It's yeah. like, I don't know everything, yeah. but I know what God did in my heart and in my life at this age. And I want to help be a part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, how, you know, when you, when you think about that and just helping people take next steps, helping young people take next steps, and that's, that's the beauty of it. It really is that simple. We just want to help people take next steps. Whether you're 15, whether you're 25, whether you're 55 or 75, we all have a next step to take. Like, what is it about helping young people develop their own personal relationship with Jesus 
you know, such an emphasis for you? What, what does that look like? Yeah, I think for me personally, I grew up going to church my whole life. And I think there's an aspect that, and age varies on the student, but I think there's a part where you realize like my relationship with Jesus is driven by my parents. My relationship with Jesus is driven by my family. And you go, okay, I have a relationship with Jesus. I know who he is but do I really know who he is? And I think for students as they come into middle school and high school, and it can even happen sooner as we hear for some of the kids in the back, um, but like our heart for that is just developing that relationship with Jesus, knowing that, you know, when you go off to college, it's, you don't have to be, you know, in worship service or in a church service to be in the presence of God. Yeah. Like you can do that in your car, you can yeah. do that in your room. Um, it's a conversation. And so I think, as we just kind of prepare um, middle schoolers and high schoolers for graduation, because we all know it's coming, yeah. um, for them as they step in this area, it's really just the main focus is we want you to build a real authentic relationship that does last past high school because yeah. it's driven by you, not by yeah. anybody else. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and I'm just so grateful personally for y'all because each one of you, you wake up every morning thinking, how do I win in this area? You get up every morning thinking about families, thinking about kids, thinking about students, thinking about raising up leaders, thinking about the next generation. And I'm grateful because you really champion that for us as a, as a campus, you know? And I'm just excited about what God's doing now, and I'm excited about what he's gonna do in the future. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for helping lead uh, on Next uh, Gen Weekend, but thank you for leading every single week and impacting families and impacting students. Grateful for you. Let's give it up for the team that helps lead on a regular basis. Now you may say, Pastor Chris, why take time to even, even do that? Why share that? For the, the very principle of generational transfer. That you see it. it. It doesn't just happen overnight, right? You're talking about two people, Chris and Katie. They've been in the environment over 16 years. I mean, that's a long time. Longevity there. Why? Because you can't transfer what you don't have. That's why it's so important. Alex and the time that we take and the conversation we had. That was a conversation early on, you know. And, and sitting there and I'm like, hey, I'm 44. You're 23, 24. The goal is to invest into you because when you're 44, how much further along are you going to be because of the intentional time? Well, guess what happens? When they've experienced that personally, what do you think then in turn happens as they're spending time with young people? As they're developing and investing, that's the whole premise. It's generational transfer. And I love it because I get excited. You go, well, help me see it, Pastor Chris. Help me picture it. I, I think of just this next-gen summer leadership. This past summer, students spent nine weeks serving. They served here. They served you on a Sunday morning on a regular basis. They served at VBS. That's where this picture was taken. They got up here early, and they served their own friends on a Wednesday night, setting up for Elevate, serving and leading in different capacities, growing and developing in their God-given gift. Why? Because we want to help them grow in who God's called them to be. I think of middle school camps and, and, and the environment that's created where young people come. It's why we have these environments. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But you have these environments where students come in and they experience the presence of God and they grow in the relationship with God and with others. High school camp was so significant this year. Addie talked about how God met her and there was so much clarity that came and her relationship with God and what God has in store for her. And Addie is just one of many. 
I think of a young man named Liam, uh, a legend. Well, Liam was up here also. I think of Liam. But legend, legend who serves on a regular basis in kids' ministry. And legend was impacted so significantly at high school camp. He went, and while he's serving and leading, and he's a part, and he's growing in his relationship with God, God still needed to do some things in his own heart. There was some peace that he needed to experience. And he said, he shared, he said, I experienced peace like I hadn't before. And it, it came from the moment where he realized I needed to forgive my dad. There, there was some pain and there was some hurt there. And, and, and actually writing a letter, you know, to his dad at camp. They had these moments where students were, were writing letters to family members. And so it, it was significant to see what God is doing. But even for our kids, you have VBS, you have Kids Camp. There have been 26 children that have given their life to Christ in Milestone Kids since the beginning of the year. That's something to get excited about. Because we're not just going back there. We're not having child care and babysitting. And you heard me say it. They have fun. I mean, you probably heard them earlier in the service. They're yelling and screaming. The walls are real thin. You can hear them in here. It's awesome. They're having fun. But it's that they meet Jesus and I think of a little boy, his name is Ethan. And what's, what's awesome about Ethan is this, is that at VBS he gave his life to Christ. Well, Ethan was back, this is a picture of him, I love this picture. I mean, that, that, look at that smile. I mean, that kid, I told his mom, his mom's back there serving the kids. Just a big old smile, I love a million dollar smile right there. I love it. This was a kid's camp. He was really nervous to go, but it was a VBS. He gave his life to Christ. He made some friends. He went to kid's camp. Ethan was baptized last weekend with all the others that were baptized. That's amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. That, what, what is that? Generational transfer. It's impacting the next generation. And so I know you go, all right, Pastor Chris, I hear you. Like, you're saying it's important. I get it. I'm tracking along. But, but what do we do? I, I want to make it real practical for you and share with you how this translates. How do we steward the next generation personally, but how do we steward the next generation as a spiritual family? Because that's so important, it's significant. And I think of what Katie actually shared in the video, Psalms 145, verse 4. It says, One generation shall command your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. You see, the significance of that is this, is that God's inviting us into something. We want God to be a part of what we're doing. We're like, God, help me out. If you're in the thick of it right now with your child or your teenager, you're praying real hard. God, I need you to help me. But God's also inviting you into it. There's a part that you play when one generation declares to the next. What is that? That's a stewardship principle. He's inviting us into the stewardship of a generation. And the reason is because God has entrusted us with the stewardship of the next generation personally as well as the spiritual family. So what does that look like? How, how, do, I, how do I do that? How, how do I steward the next generation? Well, on a personal level, here's what it looks like. On a personal level, the way you steward the next generation is this. Start with this. Start knowing that you can trust that God is with you. God's with you. You're leading. You're trying to figure it out, especially if you, you know, especially when you have, if you got one child, but then you got two, you got three, you got four. You know, it's like with your oldest child, it's always a new experience. It's a, it's a new parenting horizon that you're going into, right? I have a daughter, she, she turned 12 yesterday, so it's like every phase of the, like it's every new season we get to experience. And you have to trust that God is with you. Psalms 127, unless God builds the house, you labor in vain. 
If you would allow God to come in and give you wisdom and direction rather than just simply leaning on your experience. When we lean solely on experience, what happens is we end up at times being too harsh. And we, we have fractured relationship. Or we don't want to be harsh because that's what we experience. And we end up being too soft. And then we enable and we have children that are entitled. We wonder, how did we get? Both of those don't end up in healthy places. It's understanding and recognizing when God and the Holy Spirit is helping you and leading you and guiding you and how you parent your children. Then what begins to happen is you're able to rest assured knowing God is with me. When you look throughout the word, there's all sorts of phrases. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I will uphold you. All these different conversations that you'll read about as you read God's word. Conversations with Joshua. Conversations with Paul. Conversations with different individuals in the Bible. God declaring, I'm with you. I'm with you. So you can steward the next generation personally. Your own children. Your own grandchildren. When you know that he's with you. Here, here's the second way. Is Pastor Jeff talked a lot about this and he shared it. But it's, it's transferring biblical values over information. Transfer biblical values over information. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 through 7 says this. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. It's so important to recognize the significance of transferring biblical values. We live, this generation is the first global generation ever. I mean, they are connected to... People on the other side of the world, they, through social media and the internet, there is this connection that they can have. There's access to information. And at times we can think, as parents, if I just give all my kids the right information, if I resource them with the right information, they'll right, make the right decision. Not true. Anybody got a 15-year-old? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, it, that is not true. It's values. It's values. You have to transfer values. Information doesn't transfer values. What transfers values is when parents do it. You got to model it. You don't have to be perfect, okay? You model what it looks like to go first. You model what it looks like to spend time with God. You model what it looks like to pray or to read your Bible. You when you make a mistake, because we're not going to be perfect, you model what it looks like to ask for forgiveness, you model, you go first, and you can, and you will. And when you do, you begin to transfer biblical values. Why? Because you can't keep all the information from coming towards your kids. But what you can do is when you lay a foundation of biblical values, here's what begins to happen. When that information comes, it's them being connected to God's word that then anchors them to the truth and holds them to his purpose and his plan for their life. You can't keep them from it. You can't protect them from everything, but you can't prepare them for anything. You see, because when you do that, here's what God promised says in Psalms 119.11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I, that I may not sin against you. It's the biblical values that holds them true. Because you'll worry. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I can worry. You can worry. Well, what are they going to hear when they go to school? What are they going to hear when they go here? What are they going to hear when they go there? Some of you, you're navigating the challenges of blended families. What are they going to hear when they go to my, my ex's house in that environment or my, my ex's new spouse, whatever it may be? You worry. I mean, think about it. God's got them. 
He's going to cover them. He's going to take care of them. But you know where that comes from? It comes from the fact that you've instilled and you've transferred biblical values, not solely just information. Here's the third thing. Prioritize getting them in the right environments. Now, I want you to understand, Pastor Jeff even alluded to it, and I've said it before. Look, it's not about that they're not in certain things. Be involved in all those things. Keep them busy. Get them active. But prioritize it. When you recognize the prioritization of recognizing, I want to ensure and do everything I can, when I can, within my ability to put them in the right environment. Why? Because it's the presence of God that transforms. It's when they get into God's presence. And listen, I know this because, like I said, this is not theory for me. I have kids in kids' church. I have kids in Milestone Kids that are growing and learning. And they'll come, I mean, I get surprised. They'll come home and I'll be like, yeah, I remember that story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's what this and that and you know did you know they did not they didn't get burned by the fire they didn't even smell like smoke down like pooh powerful how you know about that milestone kids I'm like good they're teaching you something back there I like that I have a I have a daughter in Elevate growing and developing her personal relationship with Jesus Knowing how to read God's word, listen to God's word, write down what God's speaking to her. When you prioritize those environments what begins to happen is you create a distinctive You see, environments that have that distinctive focus on spiritual family, raising up sons and daughters, they focus on discipleship and development. I recognize that, and I I see that, and that's so important to me because I was impacted by that. It helped transform my life. It helped me grow in my relationship with God. It helped me recognize and understand what those things are. You see, there's moments where you're going to be really desperate. You're going to need God to work and move in your life and work and move in your kid's life. But the level of your desperation will be based on the level of your kid's spirituality and their relationship with Jesus. You're going to wear they at. That'll show you how desperate you really are. But when you know they have a relationship with God, then you go, I know they're going to be able to hear God's voice. They They may wander. They may stray. But God's word will not return void. It won't return void. And here's the last thing that you can do. If you're going to steward this next generation, you're going to steward your kids and your teenagers as well. And I'm going to be transparent. This has been the hardest one for me, is be intentionally present. And when I say intentionally present, I mean fully engaged. There was a season in my life I used to take pride in, like, you know, I, you know I'm a multitasker. I'm texting. I'm listening. I'm talking. When he'd be like, are you listening to me? I'm like, yeah. Like, what did I just say? And I, I could repeat it back. I was really good. I don't know how I did it. Just a gift, right? But I recognized real quick, multitasking simply meant multi-distracted. I wasn't fully engaged. And I could kind of, like, navigate it a little bit with Wendy and I when we were just married without kids. And then I could even navigate it a little bit when the kids are young because they're kind of got their own flow. They're doing their own thing. They got nap times and, you know, they're little. They don't really know. And then they're watching, you know, their little show or they're playing with their game. Then they get older. They feel it. They see it. When that phone begins to, you know, when it begins to ding. And it's like, man, that all of a sudden your attention and you're distracted. Be fully engaged. And it really comes down to two things that I've had to, and I'm telling you this, look, I'm not telling you as I have it all figured out. I have to work on it. I have to be, I have to be diligent about it. But it really comes down to two things. If you're going to be intentionally present, it takes time and proximity. Time and proximity. Spend time discovering 
the heart of your children. Every Tuesday, I do this. Every Tuesday. And you don't have to do it like I do it. Just find what works for you. I've got date night with one of my little girls every Tuesday at 530. And it's actually on my work calendar. It's not on my personal calendar. So that way, everyone on the team knows that's blocked out. Don't schedule anything close to that. Don't schedule anything overlapping that. And date night looks different. Doesn't always have to be expensive. Doesn't always have to, 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 to cost something. We don't have to go eat. It's just spending time. This past Tuesday, it was my youngest. She got some money this summer. She was ready to burn it. She's like, let's go, Daddy. <laughs> Wendy's like, you better give her a budget because she has no concept of it. You better put $10. You better limit that thing. So date night this Tuesday, I said, baby, where are you going to go? She goes, I feel like going to Target, Dad. Powerful. <laughs> Hanging out with your mom too much, man. I mean, this could get this could get sideways real quick. We go to Target, and you know what date night look like? Walking up and down the toy aisle. I'm like, we've been down this aisle about eight times. I'm done. I mean, you ain't bought nothing yet. What are we getting? Like, all right, let's get something. Let's go. And it, it, but what was it? It wasn't just she bought a toy. It wasn't just you know we're looking uh, and walking up and down the aisles and looking at toys. It was getting to know her heart, time. Proximity, intentionality. So there's a part that you play personally. You have a personal role with your own children. But can I tell you, there's a part we play as a spiritual family. And that's why we're so passionate about it. Again, passion's not always loud, but it is obvious. So, so what does that look like for us as a church family? Well, you've heard a lot about it multiple times in multiple different ways on the video. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard Pastor Jeff. It's creating specific environments for, for kids. And, and, and students, there's, there's a particular environment, that the time and energy that we spend on it. If one student showed up, we'd still put the same amount of time, energy, and prayer into it so that one student and one child's life could be transformed. But this coming November, fall retreat. We'll, we'll host it here. They come. It's, it's a weekend fall retreat. It culminates on Sunday morning. We've got services. They do small groups. They do different activities. They stay in host homes. But we are creating an environment for them to come and get in God's presence and grow in a deeper way. And I want to encourage you. I'm telling you now at the beginning of September, so you can move around whatever you need to move around to get your student to fall retreat. That's how important I believe it is. For the development of a young person to be able to grow in the relationship with God and others. You may even want to be a part of helping out. You can see Alex after service or anytime in the near future about what does that look like to serve and be a part of helping at Fall Retreat. You're wondering, how do I get my kids connected? Well, Wednesday night youth services, there's Sunday morning services, there's small groups, there's camps, there's retreats. We want to help because you're asking. Okay, what, what do I do? How do I get my kid connected? Uh, what, 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 what can I expect out of these environments? You're going, how do I get my kid involved? You may go, well, my kid doesn't sing or dance. You know, they don't do all those things. Is there a place for them? Absolutely. It's not about raising up the Mickey Mouse Club. That's not the goal. Those are God-given gifts that God's given them. You've heard me. I wish the Lord gave. I, he just, I, I'm waiting for my moment. I just, the Lord hadn't, he, I can't sing. Lord, no, I'd be too prideful. If I could sing, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'd be a mess. You know, he knew, he's like, I'm not going to let that little brother sing. He'd be a mess. I we all have a lane. That's a God-given gift. How are we stewarding them and helping them grow and develop that? But you may have a child who's creative, and they help create environments. They may be amazing small group leaders. They have a leadership gift. Can I tell you, you see those things early on in young people. And it's about helping. So get your kid involved so that way they can help and grow. But then there's a part that you play. 
There's a role that you play. See, because you may make a difference and an impact in some young person's life. I can remember early on just investing into people's, I mean, even now, now again, I'm old, you know, it's like, man, I got, there's kids that were 14 in my youth group, you know, back in Louisiana, and they're like, hey, Pastor Chris, we're coming up to DFW, me and my wife and my three kids, I'm like, oh my God, like what, you got, you're married and you got three kids now, how am I, how are you old enough, to, how am I old enough to be old enough for you to be old enough to do that, I don't know, but it is, and can I tell you, I love it. Pastor Jeff alluded to it. I love even young people in here. They're, they're, they're going to grow, and, and you see them grow, and, and I may have dedicated them or baptized them, and then they're going to be a part of helping lead, and even leading me or leading us in worship one day or leading in an environment. You can be a part of helping do that. In the back of your book that we gave you on the way in, you can, and I think it will be on the screen, there's a little QR code. You go, hey, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of helping in Milestone Kids. I want to be a part of helping in Elevate. I want to be a part. I can't necessarily always commit to it on a regular basis, but I can do it seasonally. I want to be a part of helping out at fall retreats or at camps. You just click that QR code and fill out the form, and Alex and the team, they'll, they'll get in touch with you. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for the young people in here, but I want to pray for you as parents. I want to pray for us as a church family because you personally have a responsibility and we as a spiritual family have a responsibility to steward the next generation. Because those that you saw up here helping lead, they're just part of what God's been doing over the last 20 years. And the truth is, there'll be many more to come. And I can't wait because even some of them babies that are in here shout me down during service sometimes, you know. I'm preaching real good. They're going to be up here leading in years to come.